0: Welcome to the Real Estate Ventures Podcast. In this podcast, we will be speaking with various real estate and business professionals about real estate investing, entrepreneurship, and financial freedom. So, if you're interested in learning about real estate investing, then stay tuned and be sure to take advantage of the free tips and strategies that will be shared by our weekly guests. And now, your host, Penny Lubinsky. Hello, and welcome to the Real Estate Ventures Podcast. I'm your host, Penny Lubinsky, and today we have an amazing guest, Tfi Schwartz. This episode is actually a little bit of a change up from what we usually have. Um, Normally, we have real estate professionals, real estate entrepreneurs, and I'm pretty sure everyone up to this point has been in real estate. Today, we have an EOS operating coach who actually trains and works with businesses to help them grow and work on their vision and their plan and, and their structure um, in the EOS operating system, which is super cool. So right off the bat, I know probably all the listeners are wondering, Penny, this is supposed to be a real estate podcast. Um, you know, what's why, why the change up? So the answer is that, you know, whoever in real estate thinks that, you know, you're not in business, you're in real estate. And like, you know, the, the fundamentals, the processes and the data and all that stuff, that doesn't matter. I mean, they're dead wrong because at the end of the day, this is a business just like any other business and the same principles apply. And because of what Svi does for a living, I felt like this would be a great little change up to bring him into the podcast and bring him into the show and help our listeners learn you know, about how to structure their business and how to make the most bang for their buck in their real estate world. So that being said, Svi, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me here.
0: Pleasure is mine. be um, why don't you start out by um, explaining to us what you did beforehand and what led you into EOS?
1: Okay. So ironically, it has nothing to do with EOS, consulting, coaching, or anything of the sort. By trade, I'm actually an electrician. For about 20 years or so, I've been in the electrical field, contracting field, and I had my own business for, I wanna say about 15, 16 years. And then I kind of merged and sold off some of what was left of my business and joined a much larger union electrical company. And when I joined them, you know, I, I had thought with them being much bigger than I was at the time, you know, they must have it all figured out. They're, they're probably you know on top of the world. They seem to you know, know all the answers. And then when I got there and I don't mean this in any bad way. And I think the owners themselves would attest to this they were just as screwed up as I was. They were just doing it on a much larger scale because what often happens in any business that has nothing to do with electrical real estate, or it could be a pizza shop. It doesn't matter. No matter what happens when a business grows and grows and it hits a certain ceiling and they kind of get a little bit stuck owners and managers to the best of their ability, they do whatever they're able to do, but they don't really know where do we go from here? How do we get to that next level? And how do we unstuck ourselves? you know, when, when things kind of, you know, get will feel like a little bit getting out of hand. So the owners of this electrical company that I had joined, one of them, he discovered EOS at the time. And EOS, just so you know, it stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's basically a simple, simple operating system that helps any business, you know, structure, organize, set goals, helps communication, helps everybody kind of get on that same page. So they were looking for something like that. They were, you know, looking into all different types of opportunities and they found this thing called EOS and we brought in an implementer kind of similar to the person that I am now. And we were just as skeptical as everybody else at the time, like, you know, like, is this really going to work? You know, we looked into all these different possibilities and we, we took that leap of faith and, and that company that I used to work with, Horsepower Electric, they started implementing EOS and my job over the next three to five years while I work with them on their leadership team was to help the implementer roll out EOS throughout this really, really large company, 400 people and so on. And I was actually in the business development seat. That was more into the sales marketing, a little bit of the management side. And it, it wasn't something I was actually that excited about. The owner actually asked me, Hey, you know, maybe you want to be that guy help us. He said, you seem to have a knack for this stuff. And I was actually more into building the sales pipeline, but I knew that this is what the business really needed after the owner and I had that conversation. And uh, I know that if that's what the business needed, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm really, really glad that I did because it forced me to learn more about the depth of what EOS is and how it works and why it could be so successful for any company. And I did that. I did that for a couple of years. And after doing it for several years, I, t- I fell in love with it because It was so, just to see the results, the amazing results of what happens when a company embraces it and uses it purely, the results that the company I was working with started to see were incredible and it was exciting and it got everybody that was in it very excited as well and that's kind of what helped me fall in love with it, so much so that after doing it for several years, I elected, I said, you know what, I think this is something I should be doing full-time. I had a lot of friends and a lot of other businesses similar to the kind of things that you're doing, asking me, like, you know, can you help us? You know, you seem to have a knack for this stuff and realizing that I, you know, it's not something I could just do on a Sunday. I had that talk with the owner and I told him, you know, it was all on good terms. And I said, I I really feel like I have a calling over here. I really feel like I have a mission, an opportunity to go help a lot of other people with all kinds of struggling businesses. And he agreed that this is definitely something that I was meant to do. (laughs) And I took a jump off that cliff, which was a little scary in the beginning, like any other business venture, but it really worked out well. Now I'm working with well over 30 clients, helping a lot of different businesses of all kinds, all across the United States, even some outside of the United States as well. So it's been a crazy journey and a really, really exciting. And I just, I feel like it's just the beginning.
0: Cool. That's really, really awesome. And I just want to touch on what you uh, said before about how, when we, we all assume that large companies know what they're doing and they have it all you know mapped out. And we, once you get there, you realize, hey, that's not exactly true. And what's interesting is like, we think that, but then we all come into situations where we're calling a customer service rep of a large company and they have no idea what they're talking about, or they transfer you to the wrong person or everyone's lost. So it's just, it's true. You know, what you said before that, like, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It just means, it means they could be doing all the wrong thing, just bigger. So that's- Absolutely. quite true there's this company that I know of and this is basically what they're going through sounds like something similar to like what you deal with and I just would love to hear your take on it so there's this like massive massive um, real estate property management company and um, they built up their portfolio over the past say 15 years um, to over a billion dollars in real estate um, all through New York and I think I'm not sure other states but mostly New York and um so right now actually they are realizing that a lot of the steps and processes that they had been taking this entire time aren't exactly right and they just had this um growth mode and acquisition mode that they really you know felt was important that they wanted to just grow and expand um as much and as quickly as possible but then now they're realizing that hey um a lot of their systems and processes are broken things aren't exactly working out well they just fired um their top ceo and um, you know, just looking to restructure everything, they're realizing they're not leasing properly, the units properly, um, you know, on, on all different fronts. I'm curious like what your take is on this situation and is this something that you see every day or what, what's your thoughts?
1: So yes, this is definitely, I see something every day. And again, like I said, it, whether it's real estate or if it's a, some doctor's office or if it's just a pizza shop or some contracting company, they all struggle, like I think Gino Wickman, the the author of Traction, the man who created EOS, uh, has, I've often heard him say, you know, in the history of business, there's really only like 22 issues that every single business of all kinds kind of, they all struggle with the same thing, just slight variations of the same issues over and over and over again. And in order to kind of answer, or let's touch upon this idea of what takes a business, a great business, to the point where they just lose control, which is so normal. First, I wanna make sure that people, whoever listen, understand that that's normal. It's 100% normal for a business to grow and start to gain a lot of momentum. And then the owners start to feel like, oh my God, I can't control this thing anymore. Like it's, it's become too big and it's successful. They're making money, but it's driving them crazy to the point that they start to feel like they don't own a business anymore. They own a job and the business kind of owns them. And the business is dictating to them where they need to be and what they need to do. And they're trying to like wing it every day, trying to figure out how to do what they're doing, trying to juggle 150 things every single day. A lot of what EOS is, is that concept of how do we take all of that and make it really, really simple by narrowing it down to just a handful of what we call the six key components of every single business. But a lot of it is rooted in the very first key component, this thing that you spoke about. And I wanna talk to you a little bit about that actually. And in, in order to kind of tee that up, let me let me, let me me ask you a question. See, I know you're the one doing the interview today, but I'm gonna ask you a question.
0: Go for it.
1: Have you ever done a puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle, you know, of any kind, the 500 piece puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle, anything like that? Have you ever done one? Or have you ever at least ever seen somebody do a puzzle?
0: Right, I think it's a, a different question to ask if I've ever done one or finished one. If I've ever finished <laughs> one, no. have I ever attempted? Yes. <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's, let's assume that you've attempted and let's pretend that you actually finished it, but putting the, whether you finished it or not is not really gonna be so relevant. Imagine I gave you a puzzle, okay? A 500 piece puzzle, nothing too crazy. And, and I told you here, go ahead, put this together. But I didn't give you the cover to the box that the puzzle came in or the picture that comes with the box. And I say, here, go ahead, put the puzzle together. Can you imagine how difficult it's gonna be if you never even knew, what is the puzzle supposed to look like? People are gonna be like, I don't know, is it red, blue, pink, yellow? Is it a picture of a bird, a car? Is it a picture of you know some, I don't know, a person? What in the world is it? Now there's always that one guy who's like, yeah, I could put it together, it's really simple. Okay, I have no doubt that there are the people who will sit forever and attempt to make every little piece fit without giving up, like you just kind of said, but imagine, can you imagine how long it's gonna take them till they finally get all 500 pieces or a thousand pieces together, not knowing at all what the semblance of how it's supposed to look, it'll take, most people wouldn't even bother. Doing business without having a vision, and this is the concept of vision, a vision is, is understanding realistically, where are we going and how exactly are we gonna get there? it's almost like setting the GPS of your, you know, wherever you're driving towards. If you want to drive, I'm, I'm here and right now when we're talking, I'm in New York. If I wanted to drive to California, I can't see California out my window. But if I set my GPS of the coordinates I want to get to, the GPS will start to guide me there because it knows where I want to end up. Having the cover to the puzzle in, in business, if you will, in this analogy is almost like saying, this is what we want the business to look like, this is what when we're done with the puzzle, when the picture is complete, it will be this. And everybody has their own version of what they want to see, whatever type of business you're in, whatever, in your case, let's talk about real estate. These owners, I'm assuming could know, okay, we want to have 20 buildings. We want to have 200 buildings. We want to have buildings in these, in these locations of commercial, residential, whatever it might be. They can see vividly The picture of what they want it to look like, even though they're not there yet. And I would even sooner say anybody even early on when they're starting in their real estate field, probably has or maybe hasn't really fully thought it through a vision of this is what I want my business to look like. Now, if you know what the picture should look like, and obviously, but the more clear the picture is, the easier it's going to be for you to now go put that puzzle together because you have that picture right in front of you. You can start to see, okay, which piece goes where and how fast should I be going? And if I get stuck, what do I do? If you have no idea what it's supposed to look like, you're just, quote unquote, doing business, right? Every day, let's just do more, do more. You have no idea which piece is supposed to go where. You don't even know if you're going in the right direction. You could be driving. You think you're driving towards California, like I said in the analogy, when really you're driving towards Canada. And and you could even be doing great work, working very efficiently, driving really efficiently in the wrong direction it all starts with this concept of vision which means you have to if any owner of any business and the management and the leadership team together with the owner have to first sit down and say realistically where are we going where do we want to end up in three years and five years and ten years what should this business look like then and only then can they start to put the pieces of the puzzle together start to match because they're going to be able to get there quicker faster and a little bit more effectively more efficiently so What often happens is people just know, I want to do business. So these owners, they're just buying, buying buildings, not even knowing, like, is that really where we want to go? And are we able to sustain the, the momentum that we're kind of going? So the first question is, is there a vision of where we want to go? Now, once you have this vision, the second piece of this puzzle is, okay, it's all about having great people. So this company, I'm assuming that you're talking about, They must have a a whole bunch of employees from top to bottom all over the place that are probably helping the owner achieve whatever the vision of the business that he wants to see. But a lot of where any company, whether it's real estate or any other company kind of gets stuck over here is now that they have their vision, do I really have the right people working with me and people, most businesses don't really have a a clear understanding of what does it mean to have the right people in a business? Who's really, because, people that might be a good fit for my business might not really be a good fit for your business. Just because they have a good resume doesn't make them a good fit for the business. So there's really two tools. And there's a great book called uh, Good to Great by the author, Jim Collins, very, very famous book. And anybody that's out there who hasn't read this book, if you're in a business, you got to read this book. It will really help understand that concept of what great leadership means and what it really means to have a great vision and how to kind of get all this off the ground. There's really two things that make a person a good fit for any company and you have to clarify in your company what does it mean. One, let's call a first piece of it is what we'll call right people and the second piece is what we'll call right seat. If you have a business where you have the right people right people simply means they are a good fit for the culture of what your business is, you have to first as an owner. And again, no matter what type of business you're in, they have to have some understanding of what does it mean to belong over here? I'm not talking about skills. I'm not talking about a resume. I'm talking about if you're building a culture with people who belong, people who believe what you believe, who wanna see what you, who, who, you know, what you want to accomplish, getting everybody in the same boat, rowing in the same direction with you because they're driven to get to that place. These are the right people. It's understanding what are your three to five core values that ultimately define the culture of what your company is supposed to be. When you have clarity on what it is, you could then look at all the people that are in your company and see: Are these people the right fit? Do they believe what I believe? And I'll, I'll try to. We'll give you a little example of you know what that looks like. Um, I know that you know you are not in New York right now. Is that right? I think you said I'm you're in you're in Florida right now. So let's let's imagine you were to leave. The country. Okay. Let's say, let's pretend you went somewhere. Let's pretend you went to Mexico or I don't know, any other country where English is not the common language that's being spoken. You know, so when you get to any of these places, and maybe you've traveled in some of these places before. So if you go there, you're on vacation even for a week, you know, you could kind of wing it. You'll get along, you know, you learn a couple of words. You ask, you know, how do I get around? You know, you look like that typical tourist and they're all kind of laughing at you because you, no matter how hard you try, you're usually saying it wrong you know, but you could kind of wing it for like a week while you're stuck there, you know, figure out how to get around, do your own thing. If you were to be stuck there, let's say you weren't on vacation. Now you're just kind of grounded there. You're stuck there for however amount of time, one month, five months, a year. What's going to happen is after a certain while, you're going to realize, you know, I don't really belong here. I don't speak the language. I don't understand their customs. I don't even eat the same food, you know, and you're gonna to start to feel like, you know I wanna be around the people where I'm comfortable. The people who speak like I speak, who think like I think, who want what I want. And you're gonna to start to feel very, very alone. You're gonna feel like you're out of place. Now you're not a bad person. They're not bad people either. You are just not a good fit for where you are. And imagine, let's, let's actually take that one step further, this example. Now imagine you find yourself on a bus, right? You're, you're, you're heading towards, I don't know, one day, wherever you're heading towards in that foreign country. And all of a sudden, you hear a person with an American accent, a New York accent, even right behind you on the bus. What are you gonna do? You're gonna turn around and be like, oh, who was that? I was gonna strike up a conversation with this guy and this guy is gonna become like your best friend. Like, hey, where are you from? Where are you from? And all of a sudden you're having lunch with this guy. Now, if you saw the same guy walking down the street in Manhattan, you wouldn't even look twice in his direction. to be like, hey, get away from me, weirdo. Like, what what are you talking to me for? But all of a sudden, when you're in this situation, and now you have something in common with this guy, all of a sudden you feel like there's something that connects you and it makes you feel like you belong again. This is the concept I'm trying to illustrate. When you want to have, you have a vision of what you want to see in your business. It all starts with great people. So the first piece of great people is who truly belongs. Belongs means the people feel like they get the culture. They they want to be here. They understand what's important to you. It's almost like they feel like they're in their own country. They're not in a foreign country. The people who don't get that, they're not bad people, like I said, they're just not a good fit. That's number one. Number but two- But it's
0: impossible to have this before you have a vision, right? Because you can't know if they're the right person in the right seat until you know what your company, what you want your company to look like. Is that correct? A hundred
1: percent, yeah. You yourself have to have an, your own idea of what you think your vision, what's important to you, where you're going and how you want to get there. If you have no idea where you wanna go, then yeah, then I would sooner say, you need to go back to the drawing table and do a little bit of research on what's important to you and why you do what you do, what drives you, what motivates you. But let's assume, we're talking again about your friend's business, let's assume they're obviously doing business, they're obviously heavy into real estate, there's something that they believe, there's something they're obviously very good at. But what often happens is if they don't have clarity, yes, like you said, first on the vision of where they wanna go, then they could just be doing all the wrong stuff Not knowing if it's the right move or the wrong move. I had this actually very recently, just the other day, um, with a a different client who called me who does contracting and he has an in house marketing company, a marketing team that does does design for him. And he's having such a difficult time because he's running the field, building houses, building buildings. And at the same time, he's running like a mini architectural marketing um, design firm. And it's kind of very, very confusing to him because it's two different missions, two different companies, even though they obviously tie into each other. And he said through this EOS process, he needs to figure out, am I even doing the right stuff? Now, there's nothing wrong with doing marketing and nothing wrong with doing architecture and and, and all that kind of design. But is that really what our business needs? Is this really the right choice? Sometimes, Just because there's an opportunity to make money doing something doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for you to do people very often get distracted by what we'll call shiny things because they go away from that core focus, the core focus of why you do what you do, what's the company's purpose, cause or passion, the reason you believe what you believe and ultimately your niche, what you're really, really, really good at doing. That's all part of building the vision, the vision of why do we show up every day and where exactly do we wanna go? And then yes, bringing the right people, like I said, on board, in order to help you perpetuate the mission that you believe in, that you wanna accomplish. And it doesn't have to be one of these you know, classy Miss America types of we're going to save the world type of submission. It could be a mission of, you know, whatever it is. We we love, you know, managing buildings or we love helping people find apartments or we love, um, you know, owning, buying and selling property. Whatever the real mission of the company is, the trick is now to go surround yourself with those people that A, fit that culture that you believe in. They believe what you believe. They have your core values. They believe this mission. And then the second part of that is those people, in order to kind of help you make this business work, They have to be what we'll call being in the right seat. Right seat means there are people who often they'll hire their brother, their sister, their cousin, their nephew, whatever, their best friend. They'll bring them into the business and they'll say, here, do this part. You know, we're going to make you into the manager. Right. You could be a manager. Right. Wrong. (laughs) Because what they what they really didn't figure out is, does this person have the knowledge or the skills to be accountable for what the manager is supposed to be doing. And they often, what people do is they take a person and then they paint a role around the person, which is totally, totally backwards. All the, a lot of the people that work in some of these organizations are the wrong, they're, they're the right people, maybe. The, they believe in the culture, they believe in the mission, they're into the vision of the company, but they might be in the wrong seat. In order to be in the right seat, the right way that these owners have to really do is they have to structure their business first by taking a big step backwards and start to figure out not which people do I need, which functions of this business do I need? So this person that you're telling me about, this big business that they're running, what they should probably be thinking about is, okay, with the size of our business and all the buildings that we have and all the things that we're doing, which positions do I need? Well, I'm just making up some stuff. Maybe I need a, I need a finance manager and I probably need, a, uh, a, I need two brokers and I probably need an HR person and I'm going to need three mid-level managers or whatever, all the different positions. You have to first have a concept of what, sh- what should the structure look like? How many functions or seats do I need? Then before you put anybody into those seats, you have to first ask another question, which is, if I were to put somebody into that seat that's going to help me manage this business that I created based on my vision of what I want to see, what does it mean to be accountable to be in the right seat? What are the five major roles that if a person is going to be a finance manager, are they're going to be a real estate broker, or they're going to be any other position that top to bottom, wherever it might be, what are they accountable for? What are those five major roles that they need to be able to do really, really well? Then, and only then, now go look at all the people that work for you. Yes, your brother, your sister, or whoever else is working for you. And see, do these people fit that seat? What we call in EOS, GWC. Did the person get it? Which means, do they have their own clarity on what this seat is supposed to be, these five major roles that they're doing? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity to deliver? once you have your vision and now you have the right people who believe in your culture and they're all in the right seat and they have the capacity to deliver in the roles you want them to do yeah now there are many many more steps you could take in order to kind of make sure that this business is off the ground and it's doing all the right things but it all starts with these two pieces vision where are we going and right people in the right seats to make sure that we're you know we have the right the right staff and structure to kind of get where we want to get to
0: Interesting. And I feel like the ones that struggle most with this right person in the right seat are the family mom and pop shop businesses, because they have Uncle Fred or aunt, whatever, and they just have to be there in that business. So what do we do? We put them in a place and then we do exactly what you said not to do, which is, you know, paint the, the job around them, around their potential, what they can do, their strong suits which is, you know, obviously not the way we're supposed to do things. And, you know, I feel like they're the ones that, you know, most can, can benefit from that advice. Um, interesting, you, you were talking a little bit before about vision, they were, I heard this in, um, I'm not sure where, I, I may have read it, but I heard this recently where they did a study um, in a college and they took, took a bunch of people, put them in a room and one at a time, they're like, they said, just walk. They put them at a wall and they said, just walk. And what happened was they would just start walking now they would, if they took a cheer and put it in front of that person halfway through the room, they would just stop at the cheer. They'd be done. Now they took the same group of people and they said, and they tried it again and they said walk, right? And they put it and they said they put a chair in front of them. And instead of just saying walk, they said, go to the other wall on the opposite corner of the room. And this time what they were able to do was obviously walk around the chair and get to that other wall. So I think that goes with what you were saying before about vision. Like you need to know where you're going, where you're headed in order to get there. It's Just, you know, because obstacles will come up. It's not a matter of if they do, it's when they do. And it's just a, be, being able to navigate around those to be able to get to, um, you know, what where the vision is, where you want your company to, to be at. And um, I just wanted to ask more of a, like a practical question. Um, this podcast is geared towards, Um, new aspiring investors, people that are pursuing financial freedom um, through real estate. So many of the listeners are trying to get their first deal. They're just breaking into real estate and they're kind of juggling a lot of tasks um, at the same time. Um, They're trying to find leads, uh, deal flow, they're underwriting deals all day, they're networking, they're building out their team. And I feel like where a lot of people fall out is somewhere in that process of juggling a million things. They don't really have a full team yet. They can't get the right people in the right seats because it's still just them. And they're just
1: juggling so many
0: things. I'm wondering, like, what would you say to that
1: person? So it's it's really understanding again, a lot like what the uh, the book in the e kind of talks about this idea. Instead of trying to take all the roles that you're telling me about and fit everything into one big box where now there's this just one guy and he's just wearing one hat and he's Mr. Everything this same guy, a lot like what I was kind of talking about before, he needs to kind of take a big step back and first create a structure. Again, what are the five or six roles that, I'm, that this business needs. Now, he might not have the people to put in those boxes yet. I get that. Maybe he doesn't have the money yet. He doesn't have the time to look for them, or he just hasn't found the right people. But he has to first have clarity of what, are, what do those roles look like? So again, it might be an operations manager. It might be a salesperson. It might be a finance manager. It might be an admin. It might be all the different roles, you know, whatever these different roles in any, whether it's real estate or any other business might look like. And he has to first cl- clarify, what are the five or six major roles of all these different seats look like? Now happens to be this guy, he's wearing all of those hats. He's sitting in all of those seats. Now, number one, he has to first realize about himself. A, you're not Superman. You will never ever be able to play all these seats. A, you're probably better at some of them, not all of them. And B, to some degree, there's you have a certain issue of capacity. There's only so much time in the day that you can have to play and do all these roles. In the beginning, I understand it. You gotta kind of wing it, play all those roles. So first step is you have to have clarity of what are the roles. You're not taking all of it and putting it in one box. You have to realize I'm wearing five or six different hats. Which hat am I wearing when? Okay, right now I'm wearing the hat that I'm the finance guy. Tomorrow I'm gonna wear the hat I'm the sales guy. When you're in that role, you have to be able to do those stuff well. To some degree, as this business grows, if you ever wanna break through the ceiling, you're gonna have to eventually delegate some of these roles to other people. It's impossible to think you could hold on to all of that at once. So you have to understand, delegating is a little bit scary because sometimes people are either afraid to let go, because like, what if I delegate it and I hand it off to the other guy and he's not as good as I am. You know, I'm afraid to let go. If I let go, it's all gonna fall apart. If you have that fear, you will, you know, you'll never be able to grow any business, whether it's real estate or any other thing. You have to find, so again, go back to the first thing we spoke about, right people, right seats. You have to determine who do I need, who believes in my vision, who believes in where we're going, and what does it mean to be in that right seat, and then delegate to that person. Any business. One of the, there's a, one of the great things that I've learned recently is to ask the question, who, not how. If you are trying to figure out how to do everything, that's very, very slow. That's very linear. A great business entrepreneur, what makes the business grow 10x even to any level, is for the business owner to be able to ask, who do I need, not how do I do it? You don't have, don't try to do the stuff that you can't do. In the beginning, yes, you have no choice. But to some degree, once this business is growing, you need to start delegating all the stuff that you're not naturally inclined to do, the stuff that you're not even good at. Just because you're in business doesn't mean you're great at finance, doesn't mean you're great at sales. The best thing you could do is hone in your natural abilities of where you're gonna be awesome and start delegating some of that other stuff to the people who fit those roles that you created, which means you have to first create the role and find the right person for that seat who's a good fit for your culture and delegate and let go and guide them, inspire them with your vision so they could be awesome at whatever it is that they're doing and create a team of people. So you can start thinking more, who do I need to bring on? Not how do I have to do everything? When you do that, you could then start to break through every ceiling and this business will start to grow and grow and grow. So there, there is no sense of staying in the same place and trying to be and wear all the hats. That works very well in the beginning, but at some point, It's going to have to be a sacrifice. It's going to have to be some kind of an investment, whether it's in financial or time. And just a little bit of letting go of that fear and get some of those right people. Start thinking who, not how. Got it. Thank you very much for that. Um, All right. Well,
0: let's move on to the final questions. These are more rapid question answer type. Sure.
1: Um, All right. What is your why? (laughs) What a great, you know, it took me many, many years to kind of figure this out, but I'm so glad that I kind of figured it out my why, the reason I do what I do and it's the reason I'm doing EOS and it's the reason that I do a lot of the other things even in my private life. I believe that my mission is to inspire people, to inspire people to be more, to take their game to the next level, to want to achieve more, not to kind of hold their hand and and, and, and coddle them, but to give them something to believe in. People have natural ability and I believe that when a lot of like why EOS, by the way, and I want to make sure people to understand, it's not consulting. I'm not a consultant, whether it's personal life or even in my business world. I don't come in and tell you what to do. You know, that famous saying, if you give a person a piece of fish, he'll eat for a day, teach him how to fish and he'll eat for life this is a lot of what I believe in in my why also. My my job is is to facilitate, to teach people the tools, to give them something to believe in, give them the inspiration so they could go self-motivate themselves to become the greatest version of whatever it is that they want to do. I do that in business through EOS by helping businesses clarify their vision and their mission and give them the tools that they need so they could grow and they could kind of Rock you know, rocket all the way up to where they want to go so they could, you know, teach them how to do it so they could be great at it. It's the same thing I do in my personal life, you know, whether it's in my synagogue, or, um, you know, I'm the leader over there or any other part of my life. I really feel like my job is to inspire people to make people believe in something to kind of get them excited and believe so deeply in themselves so they could kind of grow to a new level, it drives me. And therefore, it almost feels like whatever I'm doing in my life, even in my business life, it doesn't even feel like work because Anybody who understands, like it's such a great question that you're asking. When you know your why, it was Frederick Nietzsche who said, He who has a why can endure any how. When you know why you're doing what you're doing, there's no how that's ever going to get in your way. You will figure out how to do what you want to do because you're driven. And I encourage people, whether it's read Simon Sinek's book, start with why, or any of those kind of things, you need to start with why. You need to know why you're doing something not how to do it or what to do, but why you're doing it. It's such a great question. I'm glad you asked that.
0: That's funny that you mentioned Simon Sinek because he's actually the, the one that gave that example before with the chair, with the room and the chair. Oh, really? So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, that, it was actually- you should, get, you should get him on your podcast too. Next week. We're getting him next week. <laughs> <laughs> All Can't right. Um, what is your favorite book?
1: That's a great question also. So I have a couple of, you know, I have more like a top five. But I really, really want to say, you know, I, I, I'll be foolish not to say Traction, because Traction is the book that uh, talks all about what the heck is EOS. Um, but to be completely honest, I, I, I touched on it before. Jim Collins, when he wrote the book, Good to Great, that book really, really spoke to me. And a lot of the different business leaders and entrepreneurs that I speak to, and I recommend this book to them, they always tell me also the same thing. This is one of the best books that they've ever seen, because it talks about what does it mean to really be a leader? And it talks about how to kind of create that vision, stay focused, and turn that flywheel that he talks about in order to get the business moving quicker, faster, better. It's one of the, I can't begin to know how many millions and millions of copies this book has sold. Um, he's, read, he's read a lot of great books, Jim Collins. He's an amazing, amazing author. I happen to also love all of Simon Sinek's books, but I really, really do love the book Good to Great from Jim Collins.
0: Right, you know, I was kind of debating in my head. I knew you were gonna say either one of those two books. I just wasn't sure which one you were gonna choose but um, good to great. Like, I think what's amazing about it is like, he doesn't just give you like one example. He really like brings down like a bunch of like these top, top CEOs, top, top managers, um, owners. And he makes, he shows you like a common denominator. It's not like, oh, he did this and he did that. It's like him, him and him and him, they all have this in common. So it's gotta work. It's gotta be like a proven thing. And I I just love it. Like how clear he makes it in that book. It's an
1: amazing read he proves all that scientifically and you know it's not just a lot of you know ideas that he has no backup for he has tremendous uh you know all the bibliography and the sources and all the different things that he did so much research on and that's why it's probably one of the best business books that are out there
0: amazing all right um what is your favorite hobby
1: oh wow my favorite hobby so i am a naturally musically oriented person i sing very well and i play guitar so Anything that surrounds itself with music, I love, as a matter of fact, just before we were doing this podcast, my son and I were, uh, my son's now playing guitarist, so I sit on in, on his lessons. He's actually learning from my guitar teacher too. I love music. Music is, you know, it, it's transformative. It's a lot of the reason why I believe in that concept of influencing people and why I'm so good and even in my own shul, my own synagogue is to, it, I use music to inspire people as well, whether it's, you know, singing or, or through music. Music has this ability to create emotion and really connect with people beyond sometimes the actual words so you know music is definitely anything that surrounds music is my hobby whether it's going to a live event playing the guitar or just anything or just even sitting around and listening to music it's just I could do that forever love that stuff
0: that's awesome all right um where can somebody read you um okay
1: so I would say if they could do one of two things either they could either go on LinkedIn which seems to be the source for everybody anything business and they could find me on LinkedIn just by looking up my name and you know searching you I'm sure there are probably several Tzvi Schwartz's out there but (laughs) if you look Tzvi Schwartz and certified EOS implementer you'll probably find me or they could just simply email me my email address is um, my first name Tzvi T-Z-V-I at mythrivability.com which is spelled M-Y T-H-R-I-V-E-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y, mythrivability.com. I -i -i I would even say if you want, they could even call me. I I love what I do. I'm not afraid of all those prank calls. So lay it on me. You could call me on my cell, which is also 917-538-8676. Happy to explain to anybody, talk to anybody and be there for them, inspire them in any way that I can. Amazing.
0: All right. Thank you so much to This has been really different than most of my other podcasts, but I really, really appreciate it. I feel like everyone um, listening, whether they're looking to get into real estate or any other venture, um, there's definitely a lot to be learned and they should listen to this and re-listen to this because this was definitely a good one. You shared so much value and, and I really
1: just appreciate that so much. Um, wow. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. I enjoy talking to you. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing you and Simon Sinek next week. Like <laughs> you just said earlier. Okay. Um, but no, seriously, it's, 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 it's what you're doing is great. The concept of you're being able to ask the right questions and help a lot of the other people to kind of, you know, dig a little bit deeper, find the answers that they're looking for, hopefully walk away with a good nugget, something that kind of helps them do something better, then it was definitely all worthwhile. So it, it's a privilege. I, I appreciate that you invited me and I look forward to our next conversation. I really do. Thank you, Tui. Take care. All right.